Hey there, everyone. It is Denise Salcedo, and I am very excited to do this podcast here today because this is something that I've been wanting to do for a while, but didn't have the time to actually do it. But now we made the time and it is happening. And today I got two very special guests uh, and we are going to be talking about women's wrestling, specifically the feuds, the wrestlers, the stories that have made us fans and made us so passionate about women's wrestling in general. So I'm really excited to get into it. I'm curious to see what both my guests are going to be saying. But with that, let's go ahead and introduce who we have here today. I'm going to kick things off with Alex, Queen of the Ring, who you've seen here on the channel plenty of times. Uh, Alex, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Like I told you, Denise, I am hyped up on coffee and running this morning, and we're going to run into this women's wrestling talk. I'm so excited. Hell yeah, let's go. And we also got Fightful Wrestling's very own Kate Hensler. Kate, welcome again to the channel. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. It's always so much fun to be here. I don't know if we're going to be doing post shows or at one point I was delivering <laughs> promos while dancing when I was on this channel. So I always have a blast when I come here. I'm so excited to talk some women's wrestling today. It's always something different, right? I'm like, hey, come over and do this. Hey, come over and do that. There's always keep different stuff in the air. You keep it spicy, and that's what we love around here, 100%. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, well, I'm so excited. So this is how we're going to do it, just so the viewers know. I've broken things down into categories, and I gave both Kate and Alex some homework just so that they can think of, you know, their answers and whatnot. And so I can't wait because this, I feel like we're all so different, and we are all going to have, like, different perspectives and stories. So I think this will be really cool. So the first thing that I was thinking about in terms of how I wanted to get this going was essentially starting it from the very beginning, because I know that we've all been fans of pro wrestling, but I always feel like there's always that one person that you gravitate towards immediately right in the beginning, maybe one person and maybe a couple of people. And when I think about my wrestling fandom, I immediately think of all of these people where I'm like, if it wasn't for them, I would not be here today. So I want to start off by asking you guys about the women or woman, whoever, how many you have, that really are the reason, are the catalyst for you being a wrestling fan today. And I'm gonna go ahead and kick it off with Alex. Alex, take the floor. Who would you say are some of those women that inspired that for you? So for me, growing up, the first one that I gravitated towards was Luna Vachon because she was so loud and growing up being a very loud kid, I resonated with her. <laughs> uh, but it was really more so like her aesthetic. Like I loved the mullet, the blonde mullet, the veins that was coming from her head. And when she teamed up with Bam Bam Bigelow and Bam Bam Bigelow had the flames on his head, I thought her veins was a tattoo. And that's foreshadowing, obviously, because I have so many tattoos now. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was more so her aesthetic. Uh, her presence on ringside, like, was so unhinged for me. Like, she always went from zero to a thousand. And I love that she could also go toe to toe with the men uh, as well. Me being the youngest of two boys, uh, two older brothers, like... I was getting pile drivers all the time. So I felt a little bit like I was channeling Luna Vachon in that way uh, as well. And like the leather and the chains, like it was all foreshadowing for my aesthetic growing up now that I'm 31 years old. But Luna Vachon was the one for me. 
It's funny that you say that because I feel like the same way with like the people that you idolized are kind of the people like you mentioned that would end up sort of being your aesthetic growing up and like kind of like the vibe that you would have. Because for me, like obviously I was a big fan of Lita and China. Like they were my names for me because I liked China because she was powerful and strong and I'd never seen anyone like that. I liked Lita because she was cool and she was different. But even like Mickey James and Melina, I love them because they were like brown hair. You had Mickey James jumping up and down and always being like so, uh, you know, so Mickey James like. And so <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because you have this correlation to these people. Uh, so, Kate, I'm curious, like for you, who are some of the women that you were like, this is it? Like, these are my girls right here. So it's kind of crazy because I got into wrestling in 2009, admittedly through an ex-boyfriend, which I hate, but... Ditched him, <laughs> kept wrestling, both great calls, I always say. Um, but because I got into it kind of in that era, there wasn't a ton that was uh, like there for me to gravitate to for, for me until AJ Lee. Like I, um, you know, initially kind of was in that camp of like the eye roll, hair pulling matches, whatever. And then the smarter you get into wrestling, you realize they were giving like three minutes to try and get themselves over. But what always struck me about AJ was, I felt like they gave her an inch and she would take a mile and they gave her another inch and she'd take a mile. And then suddenly she's messing with the like world championship picture. And um, her work rate was something that certainly stood out there. So for me, the first woman who really grabbed me was, was AJ for sure. And then I kind of started to get into the, the NXT crop. The whole reason I subscribed to the WWE network was to watch Bailey and Sasha uh, at, at takeover Brooklyn, like to, to go back and, and watch that um is is still so special and it's kind of funny when i got in because i feel like just as i was becoming a smarter fan things were starting to kind of turn into that women's revolution time period for sure and now you go back and watch and it's a whole other appreciation for um lita and mickey james especially my goodness like thinking of how great she was in a, a time that wasn't so favorable always always blows my mind but aj was that first one and then it kind of opened the floodgates a little bit you know what I love about this is that we all kind of touched on a different era of women like you with Luna, myself with Lita and China, and then you with AJ Lee. I feel like we're kind of touching on these different eras of women and just like what you were seeing. So that within, within itself is pretty freaking cool. All right. So now I want to go ahead and get into coolest stories, feuds, moments. When you think of women's wrestling uh, for you, like what are the stories that you're like, this is the one that I this is my jam right here. Like, this is the thing that really sticks out to me. So, Kate, I'll kick it off with you. What's your favorite moment, stories, feuds, anything like that? Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, I I think the moment, and I'm probably biased because I got to be there for it, but Becky turning heel but actually turning to a monster face for everything that it led to is is definitely something that sticks out to me as one of the most pivotal moments kind of in, in women's wrestling history. And one that was one of my favorites because of um, we, we didn't really have like the same fan demand of like, this is our person that we've been rooting for for years in the same way in women's wrestling, like we got with the CM Punk, like we got with the Daniel Bryan. So that was really, really cool to see them be like, she's turning heel on Charlotte and the crowd saying, nope, she just turned face. I thought it was <laughs> so, so special. And then it obviously opened the, the floodgates. From a story perspective, gosh, Sasha and Bailey, the way that they've always been intertwined is something that's really, really special to me. And I also love, despite whatever might have like come out about it, I thought the the Brit B 
Baker Thunder Rosa stuff was just so, so, so incredible. Um, and kind of in a more current context, it's almost more like the the overall stories than necessarily feuds. I look at what Deanna Peraza is doing. I look at what Julia is doing. I look at what Athena is doing. And those things really stand out to me now of um, women making themselves like pillars in, in these wrestling companies is awesome. I do want to take some time and uh, talk a little bit about Becky Lynch here because uh, that was one of the people that you mentioned just now. And I feel like Becky Lynch is really one of those women that just went and grabbed this spot that wasn't meant for her. It wasn't mm. like in terms of like they weren't necessarily going like, oh, yeah, this is going to be Becky Lynch's spot. But she went out there and she grabbed it. And not only that, but she became this, you know, you can argue that she was one of the faces of WWE for a good time period. When you thought of WWE and biggest stars, you put Becky Lynch's name up there with the men. And that is so rare to see. Uh, so, Alex, for you, like seeing that and seeing what Becky Lynch was able to accomplish, like when you think of Becky Lynch, how would you? you would describe um, her impact in pro wrestling and what she did for the women? I would say it's very generational, you know, because she, there were so many doors that were opened before her, but for her to come out and become this megastar, like, I was also there that SummerSlam when she turned, and I remember so many people were like, let's go, like, finally, you know, because Charlotte is that figure, whether you like it or not, that's the top of the mountain. So for Becky to come up and turn on her and it's like, no, I'm going to turn the tables on everyone right now, whether it's meant to be or not. Uh, and she came up on top, like even the match, the one, la uh, last one standing match from evolution. I was also there. And that was for me in 2018, that was one of the best matches that year for me personally. And then we didn't even get to the moment where on uh, Monday night raw, when her nose was broken, like that might've been a fluke, but she like rode that momentum so hard and possibly was adrenaline that was in her soul but from that point like it just launched off for her right the moment that she entered the royal rumble she won the royal rumble down to the wrestlemania that she main evented and even after that wrestlemania how many posters were was she on for so many different pay-per-views you know so i would say that becky lynch and i agree with kate and you denise where like becky lynch is one of those like once in a generational talent that is so impactful with how you believe in yourself and notice your self-worth because like before that there wasn't much for Becky Lynch and if you consider the fact that she was the first Smackdown women's champion you know like you would expect more for her and it just you know she did a lot, especially on social media with her quinoa jokes. <laughs> I was hooked on it. But it, that was somebody that like she she's a good example of she'll take anything and turn it into gold. And I think throughout this whole process of seeing her become the man and even now today where she's about to face off with Tiffany Stratton and be that talent that's going to be the launching pad for a lot of younger talent says a lot about uh, Becky Lynch as a performer. Man, I yeah. think you said it very well there. Sorry, Kate. <laughs> oh, yeah, just to jump in on that, the part of her story being the fact that she was even face-to-face -face with John Cena to be able to say, I'm the man now. Like, how many women earned their way into that position? And kind of to Alex's point, just to put a punctuation mark on it, like, watching her go from hardworking up-and-comer to 
her white hot phase and now kind of transitioning into this ring general role, as you said, like with Tiffany Stratton. She's also bringing Trish Stratus to arguably her best match of her career, the second best match of her career, like what she's been able to do in that transition into um, this stage of her career, whether she has the title or not, just continuing to yield value, I think is just such a testament to, to what she's been able to do. It's, it's really cool to see. Really yeah, I agree. Say. I love the way you guys both described Becky Lynch. Now, another uh, feud that you mentioned, uh, Kate, was at Sasha and Bailey. And when you think of these like long history, like programs, uh, you think of Sasha and Bailey as opponents, as tag teams. They did so much great storytelling. I remember there was a point where you were seeing them across all of these shows. You mentioned that, you know, you got the, the, the network because of you wanted to watch them on NXT. And that, I think, you know, they they were part, you know, obviously part of, you know, that women's revolution that we were seeing where all of a sudden women's wrestling is being taken a lot more seriously. And you're seeing these women go at it, go at it and think, damn, they're out there competing with the freaking men. Now, I feel like Sasha Banks, she, uh, Mercedes Monet, Sasha Banks, she gets a lot of credit already. Like a lot of people give her credit for what she has done. And it's very, very well deserved. And it's going to be cool to see what else she does. However, I feel sometimes Bailey doesn't get the credit that she deserves as well. Because Bailey has literally... She has really always been one of my favorite people in the sense of not just in-ring, but also from a character standpoint. Her character over the years, she just knows what she's doing and she's believable. Um, and like you were mentioning her work with, with Sasha, one of the other programs that I love and things that she did was her work that she did with Bianca Belair. Like mm -hmm. that was phenomenal too. So I kind of wanted to get, um, okay, I'll kick it off with you. I wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, I know you already mentioned it, but just a little bit more on Sasha and Bailey and what both of those two women sort of represent and how they impacted uh, the wrestling landscape, especially within WWE. Sure. So I, I think the biggest testament is I hear now young women's wrestlers saying that they study that match like people study Bret Hart and stuff, like are making tributes to nods of, of that match. And um, I didn't go to NXT in Brooklyn, but I know so many people who were like, the thing that was the craziest about it was we just didn't know what that that was coming. Like it was like Kevin Owens was main eventing, I think, and whatever. Like they so just blown away by the fact that this was just like supposed to be a great match that was on the card. And they were like, we didn't know what was going to be in the conversation for best women's match on American soil of all time. <laughs> like and here we're getting it in developmental, right? So to see that match be a launching pad for both of them into what you were saying, Denise, about them being storied rivals and coming together and apart. We also haven't had that. We haven't had that Triple H, Shawn Michaels relationship on the women's side in, in WWE. And I think it's so cool how many times they went away and converged and went away and converged. Obviously, Mercedes now. I feel like what's so cool with her is that woman could do anything. She could go rap. She could go act. She could go take a nap if she wanted to, but she chooses to stay in pro <laughs> wrestling and further her legacy. Like across multiple promotions in this really great way. Bailey is criminally underrated. And the thing that sticks out to me about Bailey is not being a Grand Slam champion, but to your point on the character side, baby, baby, baby face, hugger Bailey worked. Hilarious, ding dong, hello, Bailey worked. I'm in a fight with my best friend and now that's very serious, Bailey worked. And now leader of um this entire faction is, is something that she's made work despite of the booking. 
And I, I, it always comes back to selflessness. I say time over time, Bailey is like the most selfless in-ring performer, man or woman that you could find. And that like, she just gives so much to her opponent and always makes them look so good and important. You're seeing it now with Shotzi where there's this very like high risk thing and she's pulling it into this world. Like just one of the most um, giving performers that I, I think you could find. And I, I think, a lot of it was kind of born out of this NXT rivalry, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, it definitely is. All right, so we got some of Kate's favorite feuds, moments, matches, etc. Alex, let's get to yours. When you think of like the creme de la creme and you're like, this is it for me, uh, what's it for you? What's your favorite? Okay, so I love hard-hitting feuds. I love it so much. Uh, and one that stood out to me that put a company in my eyes much more was... Hanakamura versus Julia, specifically from Stardom Year End Climax 2019. Uh, the chemistry between them felt so special. And during this time in the company, this was the rivalry to watch. Um, this was in December. So back in October, Hanakamura was on the rise because she had won the five star Grand Prix. For those that may not know, that's pretty much like the stardom's version of the G1 climax. Uh, it works pretty much similar. And she was considered to be one of the main pillars during this era in stardom. At the same time, this year, that year, uh, Julia was such a great heel and she had just entered stardom after a little bit of a contract controversy due to her departure from ice ribbon but she came into the company with a chip on her shoulder and she was immensely determined to become the face of stardom so was Hanakamura. so both of their passions going into this position really played out especially during this match uh and the match was so physical. It was so personal, like from bell to bell, like when the bell rang, they just went at each other with forearms. They took it outside. They were throwing chairs at each other. And that's the stuff that I love so much. And it like took me back to the days where like earlier in the pandemic days or no, rather earlier, like I want to say 2000. 13 was around the time where I first was getting into like AJW, like Bonacano, Manami Toyota, Kira Hokuto. So it took me back to that point and they were like destroying each other by any means possible to get to the top of that company. Uh, and a little bit of a spoiler alert, the match ended in a draw, but even after the bell rang, like Julia had, um, I forget the name of the submission, but Julia had her had Hanukkah in a submission. The bell rang. It was a draw. She was not letting go. People had to pull them both apart. And that's the stuff that I love so, so much. Uh, and it truly captures the heel work that Julia did. And then a month later, she had formed her faction and she became the leader of Donna Del Mundo. Uh, Hanukkah was already deep into Tokyo Cyber Squad. And this shows the magic of Hanukkah if you've never experienced her before. Like every time she goes out to the ring and she performs, she always wears her heart on her sleeve. And it's one match that like go and run and watch it. And especially now, like Julia now is the New Japan Strong Women's Champion. So if you really want to see the beginnings of her in stardom, that's the match to watch for sure. That one like 
put stardom on the map for me, Hanukkah and Julia. I was like instant fans and I've been fans of theirs ever since. I love that. Like the way that you described it, I'm like, damn, I need to go and see that because I haven't seen that. So just thank you for explaining that and sharing all of that because, you know, it is one of those things where like when you describe your matches that you really love, like you mentioned like the aggression, right? And that's one of the things that I feel like sometimes like, you know, there's people that are like, oh, I can't get into women's wrestling, right? Because maybe it's not as aggressive as the men or however it is, you know, with that. But I feel like some of the feuds, like you already, you talked about Bailey and Sasha. Uh, You talk about Julie and, and Hannah Kimura like all of those are just a few examples of like that's not true like we women can go out there and lay their shit in you know and we <laughs> see it um so you guys kind of touched a little bit on your favorite beard so I kind of want to go ahead and share mine's uh, of course a little bit different so mine um I want to bring up because when I think of stories and when I think about a time period where we really weren't getting these intricate stories for women but with this one we were and it's one of the classics and it's Trish Stratus, Mickey James. When I think about this, I was growing up watching this and I still didn't really understand the complexities of what they were talking about or anything, but I knew that I was hooked. And for me, the thing that really this, the reason why this feud resonated with me was because we were seeing them play mind games with each other. And a lot of the times you didn't really get that way with women back then. It was a lot of, you know, the bra and panty stuff. And that was it. It was so like, you know, it was content that really didn't make you think all that hard and with Mickey James and Trish Stratus I felt like you know fans were trying to see like okay well how's what is Mickey James going to respond to with this what other psychotic thing is she going to do how is Trish Stratus going to do this oh now Trish Stratus is giving Mickey James a taste of her own medicine how is this going to go and it was in a way that it was fun it was entertaining and it was something that I think that like even going back and like rewatching some of this stuff, I always think about how like WWE could have done so much more with Mickey James because I feel like she brought this like flavor that just did not exist in the company. And she did something so cool with that story where it was like she was the psychotic, crazy one. Yeah, when it came to their match at WrestleMania, everybody was cheering Mickey James. Even me, like as a kid, like Mickey James was my favorite. And seeing her be all psychotic, I didn't agree with what she was doing, but I didn't care because I loved her so much. So it was to me, that's one of the stories that like most sticks out to me. And then, of course, I already mentioned it earlier when we were talking about Bailey, Bailey and Bianca just to speak about some recent stuff great stuff um another feud that i want to name and it's also with mickey james and this is over on the impact side of things mickey james and diana perrazzo mm. i think those two freaking awesome like i feel like all of the, the 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 fight that they did in the barn like that was really cool uh just even everything that led to mickey james and doing what she did afterwards with the last rodeo and how diana perrazzo had been built up so much to this point i thought that just everything streamlined so perfectly big fan of what they did there so those are some of the I guess you can say recent stories that kind of stick out to me in terms of favorites. So it is really cool um, to kind of just touch a little bit on all of our different stuff. Now, also, I want to take a second for the viewers watching. Let us know in the comments section below. What are some of the stories? What are some of the feuds that you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. Um, I do want to take a second and also talk about a first, especially with WWE, because a first that we had at WrestleMania 35 was the first ever women's WrestleMania main event. Kay, I want to start off with you. What did you think when you found out you were going to be seeing Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair take that spot and become the first women to main event at WrestleMania? 
I just thought it was so incredible. That was, gosh, I'm, I'm not trying to like whatever, but I got to be there live for that as well. And it was, it really was <laughs> so, so special um, and felt like such a culmination of a lot of things. Like it felt like it was capitalizing on how white hot Becky was. It was capitalizing on the star power of Ronda Rousey. And it was, I felt like Charlotte kind of got shoehorned into that match, but like, I can't sit here and tell you Charlotte Flair doesn't make a match better, right? Like, arguably the best women's in-ring wrestler that WWE had at the time still could still make the argument that that's the case certainly um and I just thought that was really special and cool and I just loved that it felt like all of these all the people that you mentioned all the people that came before them like had led to this really special moment and that's also when Wrestlemania was one night that was the main event that was it like Mm -hmm. and for that to get properly showcased, for that to be the leading story, um, I, I think was so special. And it obviously opened the door to additional expectations that we have a women's main event at WrestleMania, whether they follow through on it or not is up to them. But we got the first black women's main event with Bianca and Sasha. And that was one of the most incredible moments in WrestleMania history. And we're starting to see things that are firsts start to get normalized a little bit more and more over time. Like it's, it's really cool that like that first led to now there's an expectation that when women go and absolutely tear it the frick down, that they get <laughs> more main event spots that they get more TV time. And we've seen that roller coaster go up and down a little bit, but to me, that was such a cementing moment to the legacy of all three women and what they, they brought all the investment that went into years before it and the expectation that that would be, the deal going forward and that also includes by the way women's money in the bank matches women's royal rumbles like there's been all these pieces of progress women's elimination chamber matches things that hadn't been there before so just a a really really special moment and a great match for the match that it was but almost bigger than the match was the fact that we actually got there in the first place so there's Mm -hmm. something that you mentioned that i want to take a second and talk about and the thing that you said was this expectation before there wasn't always this expectation when you had a women's match announced people were like oh the bathroom break or whatever right like oh whatever now there's an expectation for these matches to deliver equally like you would have these expectations of the men's matches Mm -hmm. and now when you think back of some of the past wrestlemania uh, matches for the women obviously you mentioned uh sasha banks and bianca belair that was a tremendous moment and what were the expectations of that for it to deliver, which it did. Same thing with Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. Uh, You know, Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley, that was talked about as possibly one of the best matches of the night. And Mm -hmm. to think that now we are at a place where the fans have the same expectations of the women's match as they would a men's match, I think within that South, like that is a huge, huge win. So Alex, I want to get your thoughts on the first women's main event, uh, WrestleMania main event, and even maybe some other moments that, WrestleMania women's moments that really stood out to you? Well, I was also there for that WrestleMania as well. I also got to experience it. Uh, And man, it was so, so, so special. Uh, Like growing up as a hardcore fan. I mean, my first memory in life is watching WrestleMania 12 uh, with my, my whole entire family. So to 
know how special WrestleMania is for performers and to finally get in a place in this lifetime to witness women main eventing a WrestleMania always make, makes me want to cry, to be honest, because again, like the fact that they had a good feud, I mean, jumping off from that one segment on Monday Night Raw when they all got arrested and they were backstage during that car fight, like it got me so hyped up for that match. And yeah, sure, like there were some people want to say things about like Charlotte coming in and Ronda Rousey and all that stuff, but it was like still such a huge, huge moment for women in this business and like going back earlier to what we were talking about with Sasha and Bailey at takeover. I feel like from what I remember in recent time, that was one of the first matches where the conversation pushed forward of that match should have main evented this show. And we're starting to see that, like you said, like with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte, like maybe it should have main evented because of the bloodline thing and all that stuff. But now there's a lot of, matches like going back to payback you know where uh trish stratus and becky lynch had that steel cage match now the conversation is that should have main evented the show so it's it's so good to now live in a time where that's um where like you said the expectation of these matches are at the same equal level as everything else on the show and I think with the additions of having like a first money in the bank match, a first hell in a cell match, and even after experiencing, I was there for uh, the first Royal Rumble, the first women's Royal Rumble back in 2018. And that was such a huge moment. Like I was sitting next to like little girls and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to cry. Like that's so me. Oh my God. And I was like living vicariously through them. And like, I remember there's this one girl, she had like the Sasha Banks glasses and the, and the rings. And I was like, oh my God, that's so me. Oh my God. And I just couldn't help but to feel emotional because as someone that's like, whether any stage of a fan that you are, whether you grew up with it, whether you got back into it, whether you, you know, recently got through it, even if it's through an ex-boyfriend, you still have that, like, special place in your heart of, like, damn, like, I see myself in this, you know? And to see yourself, you know, through these women, these fantastic talents, main eventing WrestleMania, and even going into Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair to have two black women main event WrestleMania, the representation that that already carries uh, through in this business is just so incredible and so impactful. And like, going back to like the Royal Rumble, like that was such a huge moment of like, oh my god, like that was so great that we even got to main event that and then a year later for women to main event wrestlemania and back to what you guys were saying where that was the last time that we had one night of wrestlemania so all of that energy all of that focus was towards that main event is just something truly so so special um and i'm glad that we continue to have these kind of conversations about women main eventing whether it's wrestlemania whether it's regular pay-per-views even like you know national television shows you know like it's great that it's now a part of the conversation and it's solidified within the conversation today Yes, I love that. I love that. All right. So you segue us into today and we're going to go ahead and get into our top three 
current favorite women's wrestlers. Now, at first I thought, oh, this is super easy. And then I sat down and I was like, oh shoot, I'm gonna have to eliminate some people I really like here. Uh, so this one kind of forced me to really make some decisions. So I guess we'll take turns and we'll start off with our number three. And I guess I will kick it off here. And I'm gonna go with my number three currently being Diana Perrazzo. So I'm giving this one to Deanna because I feel like with all of her submission work and everything that she's been doing, I feel like she she brings this new flavor that you don't often see in women's wrestling. And it's very, very fun to watch her do this technical work. And so for me, like watching a lot of Deanna Perrazzo's feuds and stories on Impact has been a highlight. So my number three is Deanna Perrazzo. Kate, who's your number three? My number three as of right now, talking about current work, is is Becky. I think um, she's just continues to perform at such a high level. And in her own words, making lemons out of lemonade, not only with what happened with SummerSlam, <laughs> but like there was a lot of stuff that wasn't great about that Trish feud. And she got on the mic and she turned it around. Um, like a lot of her time being invested into making legends look great or young and up and coming talent look awesome. I think we're headed toward her and Rhea, which makes me very happy. She just continues to be one of the most valuable assets, not only to the women's division, but all of, of raw. She makes everything feel important regardless of what she's given. And I think um, as with the, the work she's currently doing right now, um, wasn't always for me necessarily with this Trish storyline taking up, I mean, the end of January to, to now, if you go back to the stuff with Lita, um, but her continued presence is something that I, I feel like is, is just fantastic. She could shoot up to number one at any point, given the, what I feel like is pending. But right now, she's my number three. <laughs> Alex, who's your number three? I love that we've all picked different companies because my number three is Tecla from Stardom. She is part of the faction Donna Del Mundo. She's only been in Stardom for a year, but she is so captivating to me and she really really stood out she is currently she's one third of the artist of stardom champion uh and like whenever she comes out behind the curtain she just oozes charisma her confidence when she comes out it reminds me of scott hall back in wcw when he was first like coming out as the outsiders like there's something about it that is like parallel to me in a way and her moveset in the ring is so unique. Like she really puts her own stank into it, her own like personal style. And like everything that she does feels improvised and yet strictly calculated. And her aesthetic as well, like I'm just like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. I love you so much. That also helps. Uh, but <laughs> there's just something about Tekla that I just want to keep watching. And again, she's only been in the company for a year, but I'm excited to see where she goes. She's already won the SWA championship in stardom. And like I said before, she's one third of the artists of stardom champion so i think sky's the limit for her i'm excited to see where how far she goes in the company all right number two so my number two is charlotte flair i love charlotte and i know that she gets a lot of hate online but damn does she go out there all the time to me and just prove 
people wrong. I think the, I think that Charlotte, of course, because she's Ric Flair's daughter, she tends to get a lot of that. Oh, well, you're just there because you're Ric Flair's daughter. And that's something that she's had to kind of always battle through. And I know people hate her booking, like the booking decisions that are made for her. But I also see why Charlotte Flair is always put in these positions, in these situations, because she is damn good at her job. And I feel like, again, because she gets so much hate and she just goes out there and she keeps working like that to me within itself is sort of inspiring to see her still go out there and do what she does best. And so for me, like when I think back to some of the work that Charlotte has done and like we were just mentioning right now, like even just her match with Rhea, that was something that they had like a chip on their shoulder that they weren't going to be the main event yet. You know what? They said, F it. We're on whatever spot we're on on the card and we're going to freaking go for it. So Charlotte Flair takes my number two. Kate, your number two. I love that you said Charlotte because when I think of Charlotte, the first thing that comes to mind is how many women in, in WWE has she given th- their best match? Like their mm-hmm. best matches with Charlotte Flair so, so often. So I love that you said that. Um, I, I agree with you. Her getting a lot of hate for what I think is bad creative is unfair. Uh, she's a phenomenal number two choice. My number two is actually Deanna. You you stole it at number three. But um, <laughs> what's amazing with Deanna to me is not only her, her in-ring ability, but I, I can't even technically watch Impact. I do ROH and then I do the ROH review. So if I'm watching Impact, I got to go back and seek it out. So um, I'm constantly <laughs> seeking out her matches. Alex and I were at uh, Multiverse and we got to see her in this four pack with Julia and Momo and, um, oh my gosh, why am I Giselle. Giselle, like mm-hmm. just the most <laughs> fun, ridiculous heel in that. Um, and she just has this way of being so in control of her situation, no matter what it is. I think because of kind of her technical side of it plays really nice into multi-women matches. It plays really nice into singles matches. I'm dying now for a Julia and Deanna one-on-one match after seeing that, but <laughs> The knockouts division in general and Deanna's work, they're always continuing to push women's wrestling forward because Impact also allows this landscape where it just crosses over. It's of equal importance, if not more importance at a lot of times. And I feel like that post kind of gets handed down and it got handed down to Deanna at a time where there wasn't a ton of clarity around it. But she is kind of now that like workhorse women at the forefront kind of Impact knockouts, iconic talent that we we get to see so (laughs) she's my number two i i think it's amazing what she's done in the ring and and for the brand and i'll continue to seek her stuff out because it's just so great she's a huge commodity too like whenever her time Mm -hmm. is up with impact like if i'm wb i'm calling her back if i'm aew i'm going i need this woman in my division for sure uh alex your number two pick my number two pick is jamie hater herself i love 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 Jamie Hayter. I loved her during her way to Otaya days and stardom. Uh, And I love how the fans just instantly accepted Jamie Hayter. Like her organic uh, momentum is such a thing to study, I feel, when it comes to making a star. And I think with Jamie Hayter, like, first of all, when she comes back, sky's the limit like she's gonna go off and i already know that but when she held the championship 
I feel like she really brought the best out of her competitors from Tony Storm to Karashida and even Emi Sakura during their match uh, at Rampage. Underrated. And for me, underrated. So, so underrated. Highly suggest people going back to watch that. Emi Sakura has been in the business for 20 years. And the fact that Jamie Hayter, like, put out a match with her and Emi Sakura brought out the best of Jamie Hayter just incredible stuff and to me i feel that jamie hater is the complete package that companies are desperately seeking for when it comes to a champion within their divisions like she has everything from uh her presence in the ring her psychology in the ring uh her movesets her promos like everything even just the slight facial uh, expressions that she gives off when like Britt Baker's t- cutting a promo and she seems like she's going to turn on Britt Baker. Like it's, she understands the art of professional wrestling. I truly love her and I cannot wait to see her come back. All right. We've got some really great picks. I'm very curious <laughs> to see what everyone's number one is going to be. All right. So I will kick things off again. My number one is the EST Bianca Belair. Um, I just don't feel that anyone is doing it at the level of Bianca in terms of in-ring work at such a huge, on such a huge stage. And Bianca has now gotten to the point where we were talking earlier about expectations. When you think of Bianca Belair, those expectations are high for her because she has set this bar that all of her matches have to be good, especially when she's on pay-per-views that they have to be more than good. And she has shown such athletic ability that I'm like, dude, like you're a superhuman. You're superhuman, man. Like the stuff that she goes after and she does, she lifts up men. She, she does all of these crazy acrobatics and she does everything so flawlessly. Everything she does looks clean. And then on top of that, she's a star. She's great at the media events. She does so well. It doesn't matter if she talks to 100 reporters. She makes it seem like it's her first interview ever and Mm -hmm. shows excitement and enthusiasm when she's talking to people. So that makes you feel good when you're like talking to Bianca. And she loves doing community events. And I feel like all of that is the package of someone that is a star. And so to me, my number one pick is definitely Bianca Belair. Uh, Kate, your number one pick. So part of why Jamie Hayter and Bianca weren't on my list was because at the time of recording, they're not actively <laughs> in the ring. So I just want to make that very clear. I think current, when you say current, I, like for me, current is like the last like three years, right? Mm-hmm. Or the last year. Like that to me Honestly, is like current, right? I was having so much trouble whittling this down that I was like, I'm going to interpret that as a parameter that knocks out some people and helps me in this way. But <laughs> yeah. as part of why they got on my I didn't emphasize like current in this month, current in the year, current in the last three years. So I was you know, like, that yeah. means in the past week so that I could have some help. But... <laughs> it's so hard when everyone's so good, though. Like, know, and everyone right now on TV is so good. It's like, I don't know. It's like choosing my babies. <laughs> I think my number one would have had to stay the same because it's Athena for me, man. I am loving, loving, loving this title run that we're getting from her in Ring of Honor. Same with Deanna being so integral to the Impact brand. She is the MVP of Ring of Honor. It is a little chaotic down there right now. I'm not going to lie. There's a little bit of a lack of direction going on with the ROH product at the moment, but she has been a stronghold there week after week. She is completely re-evolved herself in in this really magical way after kind of like what was born out of almost an accident her 
merging of her aggression and her athleticism, which we had already seen as Ember Moon, delivering the O-Face, doing all these great things, bringing out this really vicious side of her. She's in the top title reign of the year for me. Um, it's her, Gunther, Zack Sabre Jr., and Orange Cassidy. Those workhorse champions are Kate-type champions. I love it. But she's been so integral to the brand, seeing this reinvention of her style, seeing um, this reinvention of her character. When you think of total package women's wrestlers, she is like, to me, at the front of it. I feel like it's getting a little bit hidden. I think people are talking about it, but they can't see it because it's literally behind a paywall. But go <laughs> seek it out. She's been doing so much great work, and she's been so, so valuable to establishing the women's division in ROH and just the ROH brands. I can't wait to see what's coming down the pipe for her. That's a good pick. I've heard, I've been seeing, I've been hearing nothing but good things about Athena. Uh, mm -hmm. Alex, your number one pick. My number one pick. We have been talking about her a lot throughout this entire show. It's Bailey. I love Bailey so, so much. Like, Homegirl carried the Thunderdome era. Her bass her back hurts from carrying it like truly truly like it, she was so no, yeah, yeah no stay away but <laughs> but i for real for real um <laughs> but like she is someone that again like she is someone to study the evolution from hugger bailey to this heel bailey like even before damage control like her heel turn with like knocking down the little floaty guys um it's definitely like someone to something to study because it's like the psychology that she puts into every character is there's so much detail to it there's so much care to it and like you can tell that she studies everyone else that's come before her and she implements and takes so many different elements of that and puts it into her own. And when she switched up to becoming a heel, like something really clicked for her and for me where it was just like, okay, like she's come to her own. Like she really has come to her own. I think right now her heel work is so underrated and I already think that she's a legendary talent with the amount of matches that she's had. I think that she's been a part of so many firsts and she's been a part of so many great matches where like, I think that she truly is someone that is forever going to be in the history books when it comes to professional wrestling period. The um, again, like the amount of handful matches that she's had, like really impacted the movement of prioritizing women's wrestling and i also love that she's michael cole's number one hater so yeah, no, <laughs> i love it every time every single time i think you get a, you gave a great description of bailey and a lot of it and i love to see bailey get her flowers mm -hmm. i love to see her get her flowers all right so we got one final topic to get into actually two more so i'll, I'll get to them uh all-time favorite one name, all-time favorite, past, present, current, whatever. Uh, I'll kick it off to give you guys some time. I was thinking that I thought I knew my answer because my answer had kind of been the same for a very long time. And my answer for the longest time was Lita. But then I started really thinking about this a little bit harder. And I started going, you know what? Is that still how I feel right now to this day? And when I thought about my fandom as a kid watching pro wrestling, uh, throughout the years who I idolized and, you know, just overall. But then there was the kicker. 
And the kicker was longevity. Longevity in someone's career, especially for a woman to go out there and still be wrestling at such a high level, working a bunch of dates uh, all over the place and mm -hmm. still making her programs interesting. And that person to me was Mickey James. And because of the longevity that she has had in her career, I feel that she's my all time favorite. When I think of just someone that has delivered in character wise, in ring wise, and has even done so many stuff outside of pro wrestling, obviously she's also on busted open. She, you know, did a country album, uh, all of those things that she's been able to do, I just freaking love. I freaking love it. And she's been like, you know, she's able to like come up with different characters for herself. You know, she, we, in WWE, you were seeing like the, uh, you know, you were seeing all of the, you know, the happy and the crazy and the psychoticness and all of that, right? Even prior to her days in TNA Impact, she was out there going at it with the men. And then even afterwards now, you know, more of the work that she's done with Impact, we're talking about her feud with Deanna Perrazzo, all of the hardcore country stuff, the last rodeo that she did. I just feel that she has found so many different ways to keep herself relevant. And you don't get to see that with women that often. So for me, it is Mickey James. All right, Kate, your all-time favorite. Oh, God, this is such a brutal question because sometimes it's like <laughs> it's just the last person that I watched, right? Like when I watch Mercedes, it's her. When I watch Charlotte, it's her. When I watch um, Athena lately, it's her, right? There's, there's so many <laughs> possibilities here. But when I look from a completion standpoint, to your point, kind of like with longevity, I, I think it is for me, Becky Lynch. I think as far as total package full career becky lynch is is it when you say favorite if you said best ever i don't know but favorite i think for me um scope of work wise is 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 becky i think just seeing her um tear down these these walls that were up in front of her to an extent that we haven't seen i think it also gets underestimated how much during that time too women's screen time was almost at 50 50. like it, mm -hmm. it's pretty wild in addition to all the things that we talked about seeing her do that seeing her um go from what was i think a, a pretty universally hated moment with bianca at SummerSlam to making that feud something so so special her first time as like a true honest heel on the main roster um back to even like intermittent matches that she had with Liv Morgan. I, I think just when I think about all the feuds and the rivalries and the matches and the moments for me, it's, it's uh, Miss Becky Lynch there. Yeah, you can't argue with that one. She's the man for a reason. You couldn't just give that to <laughs> just anybody. Uh, Alex, for you, who's your all-time favorite? For me, I'm going to have to go OG with China. I also slightly noticed <laughs> <laughs> that I have kind of a China shrine here with her little action figure in the belt. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, for me, you know, I I know that I mentioned my first was Luna Vachon. Uh, but for me, like, in terms of like an in-ring talent really was China. Um, <clears throat> during her days in WWE, like, it helped that she teamed up with Shawn Michaels and Shawn Michaels is one of my favorite. And I was like, wow, I love her. But then she went, when she went toe to toe against like the men, like, you know, some iconic 
feuds with Chris Jericho and Jeff Jarrett winning the Intercontinental Championship. Like that was something for me that was so eye opening because for her to be a woman in a male dominated sport and to outshine sometimes more than at, at some of those people on the roster during that time, like Again, it resonated with me so much because growing up, I was so into, I guess, the quote unquote boy stuff, you know, like comic books and video games and wrestling, you know. So for me, it was like, oh, I felt a little seen through China, but even like beyond her WWE days, like during her TNA days, she was killing it and she was just so captivating. Even when she went into New Japan and she was going toe to toe with people like Chono and Jushin Thunder Liger. Like the, for me, that's somebody that just transcends their, their like momentum and just like, there's just something about China that there's a reason why she is always going to be a part of the general Mount Rushmore when it comes to women's wrestling. Always. I completely agree with that because, again, I mentioned it earlier, like she was the first woman that I was like, oh, my God, I'd never seen anybody like China. I didn't even know that mm-hmm. could she could be possible. And when I saw her, I thought she's my hero. Like at the mm-hmm. time, I was like, she's my hero. She's what I want to be. And just China was everything to me. So I completely agree with what you said. All right. So. The last thing that I wanted to talk about, because this is a huge conversation on social media, is we're always talking about women's wrestling and the treatment of women's wrestling. You know, there's the whole argument of, you know, we need more matches for the women, more feuds, more this, more that. So I wanted to ask you guys, you know, things that you would like to see happen in women's wrestling, whether it's a match type, a feud. Uh, You can take this any direction you want to. Um, uh, To give you guys some time, I'll start off with mine. My thing that I would like to see more of in pro wrestling is more women behind the scenes, more women in working in creative, more women working in production, because I think a lot of the times there are in wrestling, you see only certain roles designated to women and then nothing else, nothing else. There's they're not in any other positions. And I know Gail Kim's doing a lot of great stuff over on Impact Wrestling. So she's one of the few for sure. Um, I'm not saying they're non-existent, but there definitely needs to be a lot more women behind the scenes, pitching ideas, pitching creative, helping the women, um, you know, with just overall like branding, ideas, things to do, concepts to help make bigger stars production wise in terms of, you know, shooting angles or just, you know, all of those things that entail production, whether it's producing, editing, I don't know, anything. I think that there just needs to be more women behind the scenes to help the representation of what you're seeing on camera. And so that's personally one of the things that I want to see. Uh, Kay, I'll start with you. What are some of the things that you would like to see moving forward in pro wrestling for women? I mean, just overall, I think the idea that I would like to see kick to the curb is that women have to earn time that men are given. Um, and that starts at minimum, I think, with one women's match an hour. That's something that would be very obvious and, and fair and like real matches with real time, I think, would be really refreshing. Um, I would also like to see anybody, anybody, especially on American television, because I am not as up on my Joshi as Miss Beautiful Alex here. Um, like a women's <laughs> tag division properly booked somewhere would be really, really refreshing. Uh, so I, I think those would be big. I think um, those are bare minimum asks too. So that that's part of where my, my frustration could come in. But 
I agree with you on the, the backstage part because I feel like women are treated as largely like a magical unicorn in this world. And like, we just want the same types of things as a lot of, mm-hmm. as a lot of the guys. So more screen time. Um, and uh, I think a, a really good use of that screen time would be a properly booked women's tag division. I agree with that, especially especially the tag division. Like, come on now, let's do something. We got women there. Let's make put them to use, you know, and thus adding to the screen time for sure. Uh, Alex, for you, what's the thing that you would like to see? Uh, the thing I would like to see is pretty much the same answer as you, Denise, is more women behind the scenes, uh, helping with production, helping with storylines and creative as well. Like there's so many veterans that do want to help, you know, like we've seen so many women, even on Twitter, reacting to certain matches. And and I think that they can contribute so much when it comes to uh, the creative aspect and when it comes to production as well. Like in WWE, we've seen great matches being developed uh, and produced by Molly Holly, you know, like we can see that a little bit more when it comes to uh, some other companies. And, you know, it's great to have people again going into WWE like uh, TJ Wilson, like he works so closely with Natalia, right? So he would know a little bit more um, in terms of asking her maybe a little bit for advice. And even like they both are training together. They're both training so many different people like uh, Killer Kelly has gone to Natalia and TJ Wilson and even like Mia Yamashita has gone to both of them. So it's good to have... Um, someone in his position that understands i don't think that you need to be married to a woman who is wrestling to understand it a little bit more but i think bringing in more veterans uh to help with the backstage you know product again production and creative like there's so much that they can bring to the table in terms of what they've learned during their time in the ring and also maybe giving advice of like you know maybe I should have done this when it came to this storyline you guys can like maybe take the lead on this uh there just needs to be something uh more behind the scenes because I think may like I think in terms of what's happening in women's wrestling today, the talent check like boxes checked, you know, like there's the talent is there. The passion that the talent brings to the ring is there. I think in terms of the fans, like the attention is there and also the passion and the dedication from fans is there. I think that there just needs to be a lot of work to be done backstage. So I would wholeheartedly agree with you on that, Denise. Sweet, sweet. All right. So, Wow, we've covered so much and there's still so much to talk about. But for our for today, we kind of got a lot of topics underway. I'm very curious to hear uh, what all you guys have to say. Like, let us know in the comments, touch on any of these subjects. Let us know who your favorites are, who who you would like us to talk about more in the future. Let us know in the comments section below. We'd love to hear your guys' feedback on all of this. And before we go, I want to make sure to give Alex and Kate the floor to promote some of their work and things that they are working on. So I'm going to give you guys the full screen. Alex, we'll go ahead and uh, kick it off with you. Hello. Uh, (laughs) All of a sudden, I'm so nervous. Uh, Hello. Uh, I talked a lot about Joshi Wrestling today. So if you want to get more into Joshi Wrestling, check out Church of Joshi 
everywhere on Instagram and Twitter. We air every Sunday, 12 p.m. Eastern time over on twitch.tv slash Church of Joshi. It's a great way to get into this professional, beautiful art of wrestling. Uh, And you can follow me everywhere right there at Queen of the Ring on Twitter uh, and also my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Queen of the Ring Wrestling and my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Queen of the Ring. You can follow me there. Get to know my brain a little bit when it comes to this madness, wonderful world of professional wrestling. All righty, and Kate, take the floor. Uh, I'm very thankful for Denise because it gives me Mondays off of the Fightful main channel. So I appreciate her for that. <laughs> but you can't find me on Fightful Select doing a Raw review. Uh, then Tuesdays on the main channel at Fightful as well as Thursdays and Fridays on the main channel at Fightful. Uh, Wednesdays at the Mark Order podcast talking all things all elites. And you can follow me right here, Miss Kate Fabe, on Twitter for all the updates you could possibly want about my silly little schedule. All righty. I love it. All right, guys, that is our show. Thank you guys so much. As for me, just make sure you subscribe to this channel because this is where all of the good stuff is. And if you haven't already, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, That would help us out tremendously. So thank you so much to everybody watching and we'll catch you guys next time.